because grief is, like you said, is the toughest one. And we're not meant to get over it. We're not meant to like, you know, hide from it or run from it. Like it's always going to be there if we don't allow ourselves to feel it. But we, that doesn't mean that we can't take care of ourselves as well and support our physical body and support our mind and support our social needs and our other needs as well. Welcome to Neurons to Nirvana, a platform for creative forces that embrace the unconventional and the quest for artistry, humanity, innovation, health, and healing of the mind and soul. Join me, Tom Hartridge, on a journey celebrating experiences unbound by physical borders or traditional norms. From inside the mind to the far reaches of the universe, this is Neurons to Nirvana. The critical impact that exercise plays an essential part in our mental health is undeniable. However, the most challenging part of the struggle is getting out of bed and attacking the day with vigor. It can be difficult because I struggle most nights to get a decent or sufficient amount of sleep. My guest today, Christine Cohen, has also suffered during part of her life in the past. Now she has channeled her challenges into a nutrition and wellness program supplemented with a weekly podcast to help people like me who struggle with anxiety and depression discover our inner warrior. If you've listened to my most recent episodes, you've heard my support of psychedelics to enhance creativity, treat depression, and alleviate pain and anxiety. Today, I'll share my conversation with Christine about how the power of movement and nutrition has transformed her life. Christine breaks down neuroscience, hormones, diet, and exercise and helps make a brain-to-body connection that can create a better balance in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Christine Cohen. Christine, hey, thank you so much for joining us and my listeners today. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to you today because, as you well know, Neurons to Nirvana, we, a major thing that I'm very passionate about is uh, wellness and, and mental health. And after joining your program just couple weeks ago signed up for it and starting really I've only had time to do one of the modules what what drew me to your program is the fact that I didn't I knew but you don't know until you really know how important nutrients and diet is to your anxiety levels depression and so forth also I listened to your story why don't you share your story and how you got into this and how you started your program and your podcast, Wake Up to Wake Up Your Warrior podcast. Well, first of all, thank you for having me um, and giving me a chance to share my experiences, personal and professional. Um, so I am a registered dietitian and a personal trainer. I've been doing it for a decade. And pretty much the first year that I became a dietitian, started working in a health club um, it was like the first lifetime. I know lifetime's big out west and maybe even in Texas, but New York was not big. So this is the first lifetime that came to New York and it was like, this is my dream job. It's a beautiful health club and I get to be a dietitian and work on work with people to improve their health. Amazing. I was like 22 at the time. And ironically, that was the same 
year, within a few months, I started struggling with anxiety and depression and binge eating. And everything that I knew about health totally like crashed around me. Before that, choosing what I wanted to eat, exercising, it was all for aesthetics. As I think when we're younger, most things are. Um, And I just, you know, wanted to look fit. I wanted to look a certain way. And part, it was like part of the job, like I should look a certain way. So I put that pressure on myself, but it did come rather easily to me. I always remember in enjoying it. It was never that much of a struggle to get out for a run, to go, you know, do something in the gym. But I, and then on the mental health side of things, I never even thought twice about mental health. I was in school for nutrition and in a dietetics program, we're learning the very, very basics of nutrition and really to work with people in a hospital. And so I didn't think twice about mental health, didn't learn how nutrition affected mental health. I didn't even realize I had mental health. Like I knew that mental illness was a thing, but I didn't realize that I had mental health, like we have physical health until I really lost it, until I really started struggling with it. And inside of that, everything about what I appreciated and honored about nutrition, about movement, totally took a 180. I don't know, went on to a a totally different level from there. If you don't mind me asking, like what was going on? Were you having anxiety attacks like I've had in the past? Uh, How severe was your depression, if you don't mind sharing? I would say every day was a struggle. Some days were harder. Every day felt overwhelming just to get out of bed and like go to work and do these things that I had signed up to do as a human being. Other days felt easier in the sense of I wasn't fighting myself. Um, But I would say that every day was a struggle. There were some dark days where I, a lot of what it looked like on the outside was um, I gained a lot of weight because I was just overeating as a coping mechanism to not feel, to feel, I don't know, went back and forth, sleeping a lot, never feeling rested ever, even after like 12, 13 hours of sleep, isolating myself away from family and friends, anxiety, which presented very much mentally for me, which was like ruminating negative thought patterns, like fearing leaving my house for too long or having even trouble leaving the house some days. All of my healthy habits of whatever I was eating or exercising easily, gone, (laughs) gone. Like couldn't even muster up the thought. I was working in a gym and I would meet with clients, totally feeling like a complete fraud, by the way, because here I am supposed to be helping people and I can't even keep my own shit together. And I would, I would work with clients and then I would just leave. I would sneak out like the back door of the gym and just go home and sleep. Um, so it was, I felt so unlike myself. I just remember feeling gray. I know a lot of people describe depression as that. And it's so true. Like you just feel no color, like vibrant feeling wise. It was really unsettling to kind of, to feel that. And I didn't have the words for what I was experiencing. I didn't even know to call it depression or anxiety. I mean, this was only a little over a decade ago, but a lot was different even then in mental health and what people thought of it. So even the notion, like 
could I be struggling with depression? Could I be having anxiety? To me, was very scary because what I had learned that was, I had learned through pharmaceutical commercials on television. Yeah. And that told me that depression is a genetic condition. Once you have it, you're screwed. Can't do anything about it. You got to go to therapy to deal with it. You have to take medications, but you will struggle your entire life with this. And this went on for how long exactly again? This went on for about, I would say about a year before I sort of made, uh, had like a, an epiphany, a realization, which was, well, not ironically, but coincidentally, I don't know, after I got myself to a yoga class. It was just like, I don't remember why I got to a yoga class. I just can only remember it must have been a day where I felt somewhat better. So I got to a yoga class and it's like one of those 90 minute hot yoga classes, but it could have been, it could have been any sort of movement. It didn't have to be specifically yoga anyway. So I walked out of the class after it was over and I sat in my car and I started crying because for the first time in all those months, I could like sense myself, like the person that I knew myself to be. I felt lighter, like energetically lighter. I felt like the darkness had lifted a little bit. I felt like a glimmer of hope. And I was like, there she is. Like, there I am. I thought I was gone forever. And like, I'm still in here. There's some part of me that's still in here. And something about that movement class allowed me to connect with her again. And that was the first time that I ever connected exercise or movement to affecting my mental health in any way. What do people need to hear to make a change in how they're operating? I've had battles of depression on and off, losing my mom, my dad, uh, even before then when I was a teenager. But what I think is so fascinating about your program is the fact that you really get into great depth. And I've realized, holy shit, I need to make some changes in my diet because, and then you also, there's some things that we can discuss like um, gut health. I, I knew that that was important, but maybe you can explain how that affects people's levels of stress, sugar as well that I've, you mentioned in the module that I've taken. So I'll, I'll give you the floor. <laughs> sure. So I think the biggest perspective shift like people's understanding of mental health or mental illness is taking is understanding that this is not a purely psychological issue as well as the emphasis on this being a chemical imbalance or a low serotonin brain issue is also very misunderstood and very narrow um, and very pigeonholed. When we open up the perspective of what impacts our mental health for better or for worse, we see that easily. I mean, if you want to, it's like simplifying it, there are three things that can impact our mental health and then they all overlap. So that would be like the mental side of things or the psychological side of things, which I think gets the most attention. Um, and this would be stuff, you know, things in our life experience whether it's little T trauma or big T trauma from childhood, from adulthood, grief, loss, 
things like that. Then you also have like the spiritual aspect of it or just like the environmental or social aspect of it. So loneliness, um, having a sense of meaning, purpose, feeling connected to something bigger than yourself all plays a role in our mental health or lack thereof. And then there's the physiological or the physical root causes of mental health as well, which play such a large role in how we feel and behave. But not much has been well understood about these physiological root causes. And since so much psychological attention has been put on mental health, we haven't really stepped back and appreciated that there are physical root causes. Some of these would be like inflammation, systemic inflammation in the body that is usually starting somewhere in the gut because our gut is a major part of our immune system. If you just think about it from a simplified way, like we're putting things into our body, our gut is really one of the first lines of defense that fights off pathogens and, you know, chemicals and toxins and things that should not get into our body. So it's that first line barrier. And so if there are things that are weakening the gut lining, making us more vulnerable physically for these things to seep in to our bloodstream and then have full access to the rest of our body, they're going to contribute to this low grade underlying inflammation, which can cause inflammation in the brain, can cause mental health issues that look like anxiety, depression, and other things, but are not from the psychological, are not caused by, you know, a stress at work or stuff that I went through when I was a kid or relationship stuff. There are, there are other root causes. So I like to focus on those physical ones as, you know, with my background as a dietitian, um, because nutrition plays a foundational role in all of those things, whether it's at like, you know, foundation, meaning a basic level. And for some people, when we go into discussions of root causes that are directly involved to nutrient imbalances, whether that's B12 or zinc or copper overload, or there's, there's many, many, many I could list, then we can really get dive into like the deeper aspect of specifics and individualized nutrient therapy. So I know I just gave you a well, lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe for some of the listeners, but I'm going to get into the weeds because it interests, like I've been taking fish oil, as you say, and apparently based off of what you were saying, the EPA, my DHA, the break, you were saying up to a thousand milligrams a day, if I recall. Actually, even more. So there's research with omega-3 fish oil, which mechanistic-wise, they guess it has something to do with the levels of, of omega-3s in the brain, which are anti-inflammatory. Um, and for certain people, this can actually help reduce their depression symptoms. When they give people high doses of EPA, so this can actually be up to like three grams of it they see, can see an improvement in their depression symptoms. So we're looking for high dose EPA versus DHA ratio. And how long, what's the duration roughly? Obviously it's not an exact 
it's hard. It's different for everyone with physical, physiologically with their own body. But typically if you take those amounts of high dosage of fish oil, how, how long does it take for it to alleviate yeah, the depression and anxiety? I, I can't recall exactly in the studies, but I want to say they were doing them for six to eight weeks and people saw an improvement before, you know, the six to eight weeks were up. Okay. And then another fascinating thing is how tied anxiety is to your blood sugar imbalance. And I was hoping you could break that down. When it comes to anxiety and blood sugar, anxiety is really a response of the body to danger. And when we talk about the nervous system, which is basically our body's like alert system, we are supposed to stay This is all based in the polyvagal theory, it's called, but really simplified. If you think about safety mode, we'll call it our safety uh, nervous system state, where we feel our absolute best, we feel our most grounded, we feel our most open, we can think clearly, we can access the part of our brain that actually helps us make good decisions for ourselves, for our best interest. That's where we should be living the majority of the day, the majority of our lives where a lot of us are living is in fight or flight mode, which is also called the sympathetic nervous system state. And this is where we do experience anxiety, panic attacks. This is actually also where sugar cravings occur or binge eating cravings occur, which is like actually feels like a form of anxiety as well. Anger. What else? Hanger. (laughs) Hungry and angry. So I mentioned that because When we are not eating um, appropriately, whether we're going long spans of time without eating, or we are eating highly processed foods that are jacking our blood sugar up high, like a King Dakar, like crazy roller coaster, like spike, and then it's coming down really fast, we are going, the body is going to go into that fight or flight state for a short amount of time because the body releases cortisol when our blood sugar drops that fast so that it can bring our blood sugar back up to a normal, safe place. So it's kind of like side effect of this blood sugar spike and drop. We experience what feels like anxiety, which you know is anxiety because of this dysregulation in our blood sugar. You know, and if we continue to do this over and over again, it actually could wire anxiety into your body and brain every time you feel a little bit hungry or every time your body is triggered into that survival state of fight or flight, which we know it is anytime we're stressed, whether that's life stress, work stress, anytime we experience physical stress. So again, with that nutrition uh, dysregulation, we're experiencing that stress. If we under eat, actually dieting is a can also be a cause of anxiety because when we're under eating, the body is going to go into survival mode. So all of these things that we don't even realize are triggering us into that same fight or flight state that, you know, we would associate with a psychological state as well. Yeah. I mean, I just have personally, I have to think about the times in the past when I've had a anxiety attack during traumatic experiences, like in high school or what I thought was traumatic anything that was triggering stress. And 
I was trying to recall, and I just think that my body, the, my diet, you know, the shit that I was eating could have. Didn't help. Didn't help whatsoever. It <laughs> may, sure. may have definitely, particularly as a teenager in high school and college, that certainly I may have, if I had been a little more aware of how important diet is. I mean, I'd taken food science class at the University of Georgia, but when you're a kid you're, or when you're a young adult, you think you're impervious and uh, you don't really think about it too seriously. But now I'm at the point where, and I'm trying to offer to my audience, my listeners, alternative ways to think about approaching it. That's my, been my biggest problem with, as you've mentioned, Western society is we just take a antidepressant and SSRI or um, anti-anxiety medicine and think that, that that can help and so can talk therapy. But there's so many, like you said, there's the spiritual level and the physiological and then nutrients. For instance, uh, I, I don't know, I don't have IBS, but I noticed that when my stress level, my stomach is very sensitive. And so that was another thing that drew me to your pro program is the fact that I would just like to get my body a little more in sync with. That's such a good way to put it. With, mm -hmm. with my mind, because I know at now in my early 40s how important it is. Yeah. And the, the crazy and the cool thing is that it is simple. Like it is simple. I don't think that anything I teach, especially at the foundational level, is like rocket science. Like it's not new information. I'm sure most people have heard this on some level, but they've always heard it through the lens of weight loss, or they've always heard it through the lens of, you know, like changing how you look. And there's nothing wrong with that. I am, there's really nothing wrong with that, except when it is not deep enough for you to change. Like it is not deep enough for you to make changes that help you feel better. And I think as we really not just get older, but as we appreciate like what we want out of life and how we want to feel in our days, and we realize we have so much more power over that. And there are these simple things that we can do, you know, not making an overnight change, but little tiny changes over time compound. I think that's the most like unappreciated thing about any habit change, but making these little changes over time really do have us um, make powerful shifts in who we are and how we feel and how we interact every single day. So I just want to empower people with this information in actionable ways that has them feel the difference. Because when you feel different, you are more inclined, even if it's hard as hell the next day to like put it into action again, you are more incentivized or at least more motivated um, to feel that way again. How do you make myself and others feel like this is something we can do? And, you know, what, what are the words of the in, in, encouragement that you can give to, to people who are desperately seeking alternative ways to alleviate these issues with their body and mind? And, I've done it in plant medicine and talk therapy, 
But really, if you don't keep your balance, your body in balance and check with exercise and diet, you're kind of treading in the ocean, I feel like. And that's how I felt a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. Those treatments, those tools can be extremely valuable and life-saving in so many ways. Therapy, alternative medicine, there's even a place for pharmaceutical medications um, especially for people experiencing major depression. And it is about, you know, what you can do consistently that is making small strides to improving your health. So on the nutrition side of things, I mean, we don't have to go too, too deep um, explaining, you know, we can, as much as gut health does play a ginormous role, I want people to understand why what you're putting into your body, why the, the foods that you're choosing can help you feel better, even within a few days time, and why certain foods may actually be working against you. So at the very, very basic, and again, this is not going to be new information, but I hope to have people see it through a different lens, is that whole foods, meaning just like foods that are natural, that come from the earth, that are minimally processed, whether that's like eggs and vegetables and rice, quinoa, whatever, fish, um, bison, red meat, anything that basically comes from the earth or the earth has produced. If that is what is making up the majority of what you are putting into your body, you're on the good track right there. And then protein becomes very important in this conversation for a few reasons. One, because proteins um, building blocks are called amino acids. And amino acids are what we need to create our brain chemicals, serotonin and dopamine and GABA and norepinephrine, all of these things that actually help us feel better for all different reasons and often get the blame for being low in the conversation of depression or anxiety. They need protein to even have our body create them at the most basic level. So if we're not getting enough protein or if your body is not utilizing or absorbing this protein, then you're going to be starting off, you know, at a deficit just from the beginning of this conversation. Protein also plays a role in helping to regulate our blood sugar. So when we eat protein with carbohydrates, even if they're fast absorbing carbohydrates like pasta or cereal, it's going to slow the absorption. So it's going to slow the blood sugar's release. And it's not going to be so much of a spike and a drop. It'll be more like a kiddie roller coaster, which feels better for us uh, in our body. So just for just two examples of why protein is important as a staple, as almost like a foundation to build your meal around is a very good step forward. Even if someone were to just take that bit of information and start to apply it in their days, like, okay, what's the source of protein that I like? How can I build a small meal around this? And how can I do that four times a day? Begin there. The wake up your your warrior community, you're going to be fairly active if anybody cares to join your program, right? Yeah. So the wake up your warrior community um, with warrior team workouts, which I put together, I guess like four or five years ago, we're inspired because movement has such an impact on your mental health. So I wanted to make it accessible and doable. They're only 22 minutes long. You could do it from home. 
I'm working out with you, you know, on demand on the video. And uh, because movement has such a powerful impact on our mental health, now studies are really showing how much so. It's not just in your head. (laughs) You're not just imagining it. It really does. It is really nature's antidepressants in how it affects our brain chemicals and boosting serotonin and dopamine and all these other components, the endocannabinoid system, so many decreasing, you know, our feeling of pain, emotional or physical pain. There's so many benefits to exercising. So not everyone might feel like that's something they can do right now. So for that tiny step, I have people see what they can do for a few minutes, five minutes, coming up with a bare minimum commitment. Um, You're not going to feel like it. The hardest part is going to be to start. Guess what? It's like that for all of us forever. (laughs) Some days are easier than others, but I still have my days where I'm like, I just don't want to do this right now. But when you do learn what does help you feel better, like a friend of mine was so sweet. Actually, yesterday he texted me. He was like, this exercise really does help your mental health. He's like, I just did a bunch of push-ups and I strutted down the street in New York. Like I was the king of the fucking world. And I'm like, yes, you better strut down the street. And it was so sweet because like, this is not somebody who like exercises their life. So I really appreciated that. And I'm so glad. That well. But uh, yeah. So anyone that joins the program does get a, access to my warrior workouts. And so you will have somebody to do it with. I started doing orange theory back in February and I felt great, but the problem was, is I wasn't, I, I like to move around a lot. I'm constantly in motion. I have, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't stretching, so I really hurt myself. I tore. I, I, I what felt like I tore some ligaments, but really, I think it just they were strained. But I had to wear a boot for four or five days. It was pretty ridiculous. And the doctor gave me a a cane. Of course, I didn't. I only used it for like two days. And I said, "This is bullshit." <laughs> like, I'm not. You know, I'm not 80 years old or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with using a cane, but I just. It was very glaring. Yeah. So I have to ask you. Yeah. And plus, when you first start off and you're like very excited and you just kind of dive right in full, you know, full tilt and then get knocked down that hard is it's it's it takes a, a toll. I know that feeling for sure. But I like to actually encourage people, even though your ego might be like, that's not cool <laughs> enough or like that's not, you know. You know, I don't know, macho, and I don't know, I'm just making up things now, but you know, that's not going to be enough. Like, that's not going to be effective enough. I want to do what I was doing, you know, 10 years ago or the last time that I was really working hard. Like, I want to go back to that. But I really have to encourage people to start to start with something that you enjoy and start it slow because once you don't get injured and then, <laughs> you know, you're out of commission for weeks, like, that's not going to help anyone. And we all know that being injured and being in physical pain or limitation has an impact on our mental health. So let's, let's work with ourselves there. Exactly. Yes. But, um, finding like joy in whatever type of movement you're doing is a humongous part of the process in having you be consistent with it. Because 
when you like something, you're going to continue to do it. And we also get a higher dopamine boost, like a higher feel good reward motivator boost when we enjoy what we're doing. So it could be as basic as going for a walk. It could be as simple as that. It could be, you know, cycling. It could be swimming. It could be jumping rope. It could be weightlifting. It could be dancing in your kitchen. It could be any of these things. And it doesn't have to be super structured. Like I actually stopped using the word exercise to describe movement because that put like, in my mind, it was like, okay, 60 minutes has to have like a start and end, has to have three circuits and all this. And it really, it really doesn't, especially when you're doing this to feel better, when you're doing this from the mental health aspect. Um, so like research shows that walking for 45 to 60 minutes can give you that feel good effect. If you want to do more vigorous stuff, you can probably start to feel that in less than 15 minutes, that sort of little mood boost, uh, which is cool. But again, when you enjoy the thing, like whether it's a sport like tennis, that is always going to have you, um, get more from it than if you were to like hate every single second. Yeah. I've, I played tennis in high school and I've just started to pick it back up. And that was the first thing when I injured myself, I just started to pick up a tennis racket again. And I said, Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to, (laughs) I can't even walk right now. This isn't ridiculous. I have, you know, bad days, good days. Like, but have you seen, have you had any fulfillment or uh, where somebody has just been so, so severely depressed or had severe anxiety attacks where you must see joy in, in helping them evolve? Oh yeah, of course. That brings the most fulfillment. That's like, reminds me why I have to keep doing this when somebody like truly gets their life back. I mean, we're not just talking about like making meals and exercising and sweating. We're talking about somebody feeling like happy to be alive again, and be able to feel alive in their days, reclaiming moments of their life that depression or anxiety has stolen away from them for years. And they can finally feel like they can move forward or there's a glimpse of hope or it's everything. Yeah. I'm, I mentioned before we started recording that I've lost and I've dedicated, uh, I've got a series called the Utopia Discover Utopia, but I lost my therapist. He's literally, we were four, he's four months younger than me, five months tops. I was seeing him to go over and get over my grief of losing my mom. And then therapy is one great aspect, but I hit a wall really to the point where if I didn't have this podcast, I'm not sure where my head would be because I get so much fulfillment out of talking to people about things that I'm passionate about. But that was even hard for me to even remove myself from because grief is such a, that's the worst one for me personally, the most daunting, but I'm glad and excited that I have your program to help me because when you lose somebody, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's like the hardest thing ever. I'm so sorry that we're going through that right now. Thank you. And it's just people, they need to see that uh, just taking the first step when you say, if you can just get out of and just 
when I've had my darkest depths of depression, just going out for a walk and in your neighborhood and vitamin D isn't very important. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Sure. Yeah. We can talk about that. Um, but just to cap off what you said, you're right. It's, it's these small little things that when you need it the most, even if you don't, it's the last thing you want to do. Having, you know, a part of you who is going to pull you into that just like bit of self-care, even if it's like you said, the most simple thing, like a walk, it can really get you from one moment to the next, to the next. And this is a little bit off topic, but I do think that depression, anxiety, whatever the root of it is, there is a, it's a signal, it's a message from some part of you that something is off, whether that is a physical thing or that is a mental thing or a spiritual offness. And even though it hurts, it like the times that I've experienced depression over the last few years, after that first epic, like that first long bout, which was very much stress, physical stress. When I look back in hindsight, I could see the root causes of it, physical physical stress, meaning I was overworking, I was overeating. There were some gut health issues there. There were some familial issues there going on as well. But I feel like I fully recovered from that depression episode. And I have experienced depression over the last 10 years, but for different reasons, mostly relationship founded. But there are messages and things that we do need to heal. Like healing is never immediate, but when you can support yourself with different tools to healing um, and moving from one moment to the next, to the next, that I think is really where all of this like comes together because grief is like you said, is the toughest one and we're not meant to get over it. We're not meant to like, you know, hide from it or run from it. Like it's always going to be there if we don't allow ourselves to feel it. But we, that doesn't mean that we can't take care of ourselves as well and support our physical body and support our mind and support our social needs and our other needs as well. And I feel like my program, I wanted it to fulfill that aspect that maybe people aren't getting you know, therapy is not going to talk about the nutrition and how to implement these nutrition protocols or how to get these nutrients that you need, what lab tests to maybe look into to get a little bit more pieces of the puzzle to see what areas is my body experiencing even more stress that I didn't realize because I'm eating foods that are stressing out my gut, which in turn is then adding to more inflammation in my body. What nutrients am I low in or imbalanced in, which is again, creating a form of stress on my body because it's not able to produce the, you know, the, the essential chemicals that I need to feel good, to have energy. So it's really supporting it on that, on that level. And then I also wanted to add in those nervous system supportive techniques like exercise. I also talk about breath work. I also talk about cold hydrotherapy, all of these other modalities that are accessible. There's not that much 
effort that needs to go into some of these. And it can actually help within a few minutes to boost how you feel to at least increase a little bit of, okay, I feel like 1% more like myself. And that is going to allow me to get up and I don't know, get outside for a walk, or that's going to allow me to get up and make this phone call, or that's going to allow me to get up and cook myself, you know, something to eat versus as we know, the days can go on. We don't shower. We don't get out of bed. We don't even leave the house. Don't, don't get exposed to any fresh air or sunlight, which, um, is not going to help us. So I really wanted to help tie these moments together so that somebody can start to feel what it, I don't know, these little, these simple little ways that do make a powerful impact. And I have to ask, maybe perhaps selfishly, ADHD, do you have many people in your community that have ADHD? And what kind of nutrients can I take to keep that more in balance? Yeah. My focus. Okay. So with ADHD, I will say this is not my area of expertise, but it definitely is a common one. So I feel like probably 25 to 50% of the people that I talk with have have ADHD or at least have experienced those symptoms, even if they haven't never been formally diagnosed with it. So with ADHD, like with everything, gut health is actually very important and sugar is very important meaning we want to have a strong, stable gut so we can process the foods that we're having. When our gut health is imbalanced, specifically like the gut microbiome, the bacteria imbalances, the quote-unquote bad bacteria are going to feed on sugar. They're going to feed off of it. They like it. They make us crave it. It almost changes the way that we think because of it. So kind of purposely reducing the sugar as much as you can, especially from those ultra processed foods is going to be like a very, a very big one. I can't say that you probably have not heard that one. The other thing with ADHD, um, a big factor in that is dopamine. And so with our neurotransmitter dopamine, having healthy balances of that. So for some people, they actually, depending on, depending on their, the individual, but they can actually improve or at least feel better when they are taking um, something that supports healthy levels of dopamine, which would be L-tyrosine. So that's an amino acid that you can take in supplement form. And that can help with focus and concentration in a natural way. Um, But again, it's an amino acid, goes back to protein. Are we getting adequate forms of protein in our body? So those would be just like two very basic things I would explore with someone. And then I would also explore that we would get some lab work done and see if there's anything further that we can do to support. And your podcast, you've been doing live streams as well. Is that right? Or for the podcast, I haven't yeah. done any live streams with the podcast okay. with video or anything like that, but we're about to launch a season two of the wake up your warrior podcast. And it's, it revolves all around mental health and people coming on and sharing their stories of, of the natural things that they've been able to do to help them feel better to help their symptoms. I have, you know, professionals that come on, but I also have a lot of regular people that come on because I think storytelling is, is everything when it comes to expanding what is possible for us. I agree. It's one thing to hear it from a expert and then, but the human story people can relate to. 
And so I love that you're doing that because we're all different. Even if we come from different backgrounds or so forth, that just one little nugget of information can be so inspirational. It really is. And um, yeah, it, like I said, it really does expand what we think is possible for us. That was a big factor in my healing as well, was seeking out people who had overcome something and it didn't even necessarily have to be depression, but had overcome some adversity that I don't know what it was, but just hearing, hearing somebody just expanded what I thought was possible for me. So yeah, thank you for that. Absolutely. And then do you want to share with the audience, my listeners, how long does your program last and so forth? Okay, so the Natural Solutions Program, which focuses on nutrition for mental health and all that other good stuff, you really, I kind of have a special right now where you get lifetime access to the program, but I would say that giving the focus like a good six months to not only apply these things and start to feel better, but to make them like a lifestyle choice and really start to make it your own. I don't want someone to just do what I did because that's not the point of this. And that's not even what's going to help you. I want you to learn what does work for you and have the professional guidance along with other people inside the program. So I would say like a really good six month focus would be a fair shot in really applying this. Okay. How can the audience, my listeners find where to sign up and so forth? So you can go to, I think I gave you a link to... It's, and you can put that in your show notes, but you can always go to my website, which is wakeupyourwarrior.com. And I hang out on Instagram and I do a lot of free value and information stuff. So if you want to learn more about nutrition, impacts on mental health and other natural methods, I just make a lot of reels. I don't dance or point to things, but (laughs) I I do give information. (laughs) Yeah. I, I see that you, you do that frequently, like what, once every, a day? A couple. That's, I try to put out one a day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I need a social media break, though. For the last week, I've just felt like, okay, this is not fun anymore. So I need a little detox. And when I want to come back on, I'll come back on, which usually is yeah. a week, a week or so of a detox. <laughs> I don't know if we learned it or if it's like something hum- in human nature, but it's just like we have to go. A thousand percent, we have to go all in. Otherwise, it's not worth it. It's not going to count or something. I don't know. I have that inside my brain too. And I've had to learn that that's not what works for me. It's just not. It's just, if I want to learn something or if I want to start implementing a new habit, whether I'm like super low and struggling with depression or I just want to like, I don't know, start a new skincare routine. Like I have to do it really small little steps and just trust that naturally, like it's just going to compound. And I notice that I start when I do start allow myself to start small, because it is very much like a giving myself permission to do that. I will naturally crave doing more. That's why even when it comes to the exercise part, like if you gave yourself a five minute bare minimum commitment and you're like, okay, all I have to do is five minutes and I can check off that I showed up for myself in that way today. One day you're going to want to do six minutes. One day you're going to want to, you're going to want, not like force yourself, but truly want to do more. And it's in the wanting of it that something else 
is happening that I think is part of the healing process too. Absolutely. Well, Christine, I can't thank you enough for spending time with me today and I'm holding myself accountable. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to finally starting this journey with you and I'm excited and I hope that my program and this episode will, will entice others to, to join the journey as well. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to begin working with you too. All right. Thank you. Christine has inspired me from our discussion today. If you couldn't gather from our conversation, I have signed up for her year-long Inner Warrior program. Now, keeping the weekly modules discipline hasn't exactly been easy for me, but the program has offered me some real aha moments. Christine offers a fundamental perspective shift to understanding mental health or mental illness. She has built a program addressing psychological issues, chemical imbalances, or hormonal influences. These three things can impact our mental health. And according to Christine, they all overlap. Yet the psychological side of things gets the most attention. I look forward to hosting Christine in a year where we get to compare the before and after of my mental health. Should get interesting. It is tough to expose my vulnerability and struggles with mental health. And I think Christine's program is a great way to hold me accountable in the journey, if at all possible. Speaking of journeys, I'm excited to share the outcome of my most recent plant medicine retreat in upcoming episodes. Stay tuned for those sessions. Next week, join me on a crossover podcast, Swellcast, with the founder and president of the new social media platform, Swell, Suda Varadarahan, also known as Suda KV. This new platform gives a voice to the digital media world and from what I can hear, restores humanity to the conversation. As always, I want to thank you all for listening, and this is Neurons to Nirvana.